0: Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard.
1: As we continue this series, People of Excellence, we're in the process of noting the biblical edition formula that's found in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. I read from the word of the Lord, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. In considering how you and I can be people of excellence, we have looked at faith, we have looked at virtue, we've looked at knowledge. We looked at temperance, and in our session today, we're looking at the importance of being a people of patience. I read again Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to temperance patience. What is patience? The word translated patience in this verse is much stronger than our English word for patience. The Greek word is an active word, and it denotes movement in conjunction with it. And so in this Greek word, there is personal involvement, and it literally means steadfast endurance. I want us to look at a few reasons why patience This steadfast endurance is so important in regard to our journey with Jesus if indeed we're going to be people of excellence. I want to share with you four principles. First of all, the Bible tells us that this kind of patience that Peter is inspired to communicate to that generation and God's Spirit is desirous to communicate to ours, this kind of patience actually puts a stamp of approval upon our ministry. I read from 2 Corinthians chapter 6 in verse 4, but in all things, how many things? One more time, how many things? But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God. This word ministers is applicable to all of us because the Bible plainly teaches that as Christians we have been called, each and every one of us, to the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible teaches that we are a royal priesthood, and all of us need to be active in the ministry that God's sweet Holy Spirit has called us to be part of. And the Apostle Paul said that not just some things are involved in this proving or this approval. He said, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Now, follow me very closely. Then he continues as if someone were about to ask, well, Pastor Paul, how do we do this? How does this become a reality? He continues. And I want you to notice the initial thing that he lists. He says that we approve ourselves as ministers of God in much patience. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I want to read verse 4 again. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, underscore, in much patience. Question. Question. Have you ever thought about patience being a part of the way that you and I prove to others that we are ministers of God? Let's back up to verse number three, because this is so very important in our approving, in our authenticating, in our validating ourselves to be ministers of God. I read the A part of verse three giving no offense in any thing. Question, does God want an offensive nature to be part of your life and my life? Does God want an offensive nature to be part of your living and, and my living? No. God says that it is His desire for us to give no offense in how much? Giving no offense in any thing. My brothers and sisters, you and I are living in a very offensive world. In fact, there are some people who take great delight in offending others, either with their words or with their actions or reactions. They, they revel in being offensive. But maybe if I understand the importance of much patience, I will not be as offensive because I will be more tolerant of other people. And then, as if someone were about to ask why this is so important, Pastor Paul continued to pin under Holy Spirit inspiration in verse 3 giving no offense in anything, and underscore this, that the ministry be not blamed. I'm not being critical, I'm not being judgmental, but my friends, it's time we come to understand with intellect and with emotions, with mind and with heart, that you and I play a role in the plan of salvation either being accepted or rejected. Now, listen carefully. When you and I come short in the element of patience, the ministry suffers. When we approve ourselves as ministers of God, it makes a difference in how people view the God we're trying to communicate to them. Secondly, patience helps keep us keeping on and stay on the go for God and for His cause. I read from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It's a verse of Scripture that will do us well to read often in this regard. We're we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And underscore, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Those of you who have ever successfully run in a race know how important it is to pace yourself. It's not only true in human races. But it's also true in horse racing. There is a pacing that needs to take place, so that when the individual or the animal approaches the finish line, there will still be that burst of energy that will bring reward. And so, you and I are to run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, on the surface, that may seem to be a contradiction, because the natural thing for us to want to do is to be like the rabbit, to just start out fast from the starting block. But the Bible says there is a strategy. You and I are in the same race. I'm in the same race you are. You're in the same race I am. You're in the same race with one another. And patience, the steadfast endurance, will enable us to keep on keeping on when others are giving up. Because you and I are running with a different type of strategy. And the strategy is that of patience. You see... As you and I are running with patience this race, we know that there is a great cloud of witnesses who are looking in our direction. As you and I are running this race with patience, we know that that we have to make ourselves as light as possible by casting off every weight and the sin that might slow us down. As you and I are running this race with patience, we're doing so with our eyes focused. And where is our eyes focused? Look at verse number two. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Patience as we manifest, as we exhibit, as we practice this strategy will help us keep on keeping on and stay on the go for God and His cause. Thirdly, patience will help us endure until God's purposes are completed in our lives. Before I read a verse in James chapter 1, I'm going to make a statement that I hope you never forget. Trials have a purpose, and purpose and and patience, the steadfast endurance, keeps us under those trials. Until they have accomplished their purpose. May I repeat that? Trials have a purpose. And patience, the steadfast endurance, keeps us under those trials until they have accomplished their purpose. Now, I will be one of the first ones to admit that I do not like trials. But I have become convicted in my intellect, and I become convinced in my emotions that trials can make me stronger if I accept God's purpose for my life. Let me give you an illustration. I've always been a very curious individual. When I was a young lad, I was visiting we were visiting our grandparents one Sunday afternoon and I was walking out across the yard, and I saw something hanging from one of the trees. And being the inquisitive young man I was then and still am today, I made my way to investigate. And when I got close, I saw that it was moving. And so my curiosity was heightened. and I I reached up and pulled it off of the tree and held it in my hand. It was just vibrating in my hand. And I thought, something's inside And so, in my curiosity, I began to tear it open, and there lay a beautiful creature in my hand. It was so beautiful. It fluttered for a few seconds, and then it stopped movement. It died. I started crying. My granny ran out to see what was going on, and and I I held it under and said, Granny, I killed it." And she looked at it, and I'll never forget what she did. She reached out and pulled me close to her tummy. She draped her apron over my head, and she said, Danny boy, there's a lesson to be learned here. That butterfly needed to chew itself through that cocoon So that when it came out, it would have the strength to fly, and you deprived that butterfly of that trial. And I've thought about that little butterfly many times. My friends, trials have a purpose. Now, with that, I want us to go to James chapter 1 and verse 2. Pastor James is writing to that generation. And I want you to listen to what he says. My brethren, my sisters, I want you to moan and groan and complain. I want you to be filled with despondency when you fall into diverse temptations. Is that what James wrote? No. Listen closely. My brothers, my sisters, count it how much joy? One more time how much joy? One more time. How much joy? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And as if someone were about to ask, but Pastor James, why would you say this? How can we possibly count it all joy when these trials come into our lives? He responds, you can do so when you know this. Know what? Look at verses 3 and 4. Knowing this, underscore, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, don't raise your hands, but is there anyone else besides Pastor Dan who has a desire to be perfect in Jesus? Don't raise your hands, but is there anyone else besides Pastor Dan who has a desire to be entire in Jesus? Don't raise your hands, but is there anyone else besides Pastor Dan who wants to come to the place in Jesus where I lack and you lack nothing? We want nothing? You see, that's God's desire for your life and for my life and patience. We'll produce it. Again, I say trials have a purpose, and patience, the steadfast endurance will help us to be willing to stay under those trials until the work has been finished. Now I must admit that in myself, I don't know how to do this. In myself, I mess up. In myself, I come short but there's hope. Let's continue reading verse 5 through verse 12 where he says, Danny Gerard, if you like wisdom concerning this issue, here's what you need to do. If any man, any woman, any young person lack wisdom, let him or her ask of God that giveth to all men, or women, liberally and upbraideth not, And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, blessed is the young person that endureth temptation, for when he or she is tried. He or she shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Oh, well, my friends, do we really realize? Do you see that without patience, without the steadfast endurance, we might actually miss steps in our Christian journey that can lead to our receiving the crown? of life. The Apostle Paul was so in tune with this principle that it reverberates through the epistles he was inspired to pen. Listen intently to Romans chapter 5 beginning in verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Now how Why could he have this type of attitude about trials? How and why can you and I have this attitude about trials? Let's continue reading. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing, underscore, that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. My brothers and sisters, the trials you and I are going through are for purpose, and if we will allow patience to exist and be manifest in practice, until God's purpose is fulfilled, we will come out of those trials better men, better women, better young people for the cause of heaven. Fourth and lastly, we need patience. We need the steadfast endurance so that we can be reminded that patience is a vital, integral partner with the promises of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense or payment of reward, underscore. For ye have need of patience. And as if someone were about to ask, well, why are we in need of patience? The answer resounds to that generation and to ours, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now listen to me carefully. When you and I do not allow patience, when we do not allow steadfast endurance to be an ongoing process in our lives, what we're doing is setting ourselves in a position where we will not be a recipient of the promise of God. And there's a very important principle we must understand in regard to God's promises. And the principle is one word, timing. Now, don't raise your hands again. But is there anyone else here besides me who sometimes wants things on your own timeline? <laughs> My brothers and sisters, if you and I are not patient for the timing of God, we could actually miss out on wonderful experiences that God wants to bless us with. And one of the most cherished of all promises, is that Jesus is coming again. Look at the very next verse. Verse 37 of Hebrews 10. For yet a little while. Now let me pause and ask a question. If it was just a little while, when I believe the apostle Paul wrote this, should not you and I believe that the little while is even little now? He says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. My friends, we don't know the day. We don't know the hour. But the promise has been made. And Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming in fulfillment of this precious promise, and patience, steadfast endurance will enable us to keep looking for his return, not to give up hope. Oh, patience, steadfast endurance will enable you and me to witness the promise becoming a reality. Because we shall behold the King of kings and Lord of lords soon and very soon coming in the clouds of glory. My friends, we are too far on our journey to turn back now. We are too close to the promise being fulfilled to miss out on this promise. As in time people... The following verse I'm about to read should be a part of our, not just daily prayer, but moment-by-moment prayer. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5, and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Will you agree with me that we need this direction? Will you agree with me that this needs to be our prayer? God, direct my heart into your love. But he doesn't stop there. He said, and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. That should be a part of your prayer and my prayer That God's sweet Holy Spirit will direct our hearts into the patient waiting for Christ. Oh, my friends, you and I must never, we must never, we must never give up. Because this world is not all there is. And until Jesus returns, you and I must walk in patience. We must allow the steadfast endurance to be a contributing element so that we will finish our course with victory and enter into eternity with the blood of the Lamb covering our souls. <laughs> Pastor James wrote in James 5, beginning in verse 7, underscore, for the rest of your life and living as you wait the coming of the Lord... Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of not only suffering affliction, but also and of patience. Behold, We count them happy which endure. Am I smiling? Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? God wants you and and God wants me to be happy. And the Bible says we count them happy which endure. Oh, you've heard of the patience or the endurance of Job And have seen the end of the Lord, and the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. My friends, God's sweet Holy Spirit wants to comfort our minds and our hearts through patience. I want to close by taking us to Luke chapter 21. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus is dealing with the signs of the end time And he stated at the time of the end, there will be terrible things taking place. I read just one verse to illustrate verse 26. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. My brothers and sisters, that is even at The door. If I understand the time, the signs of the time correctly, this is about to explode. But despite the the horrific events associated with the end time, there's hope. And I pray that you and I will never lose focus of verse number 19. Hide it in your mind. Hide it in your heart. Cling to it with great appreciation. Allow it to stimulate you to endure unto the end. Because from the gracious lips of our Savior we hear, in your patience, by your perseverance, through your steadfast endurance, in your patience. While all of these horrific things are taking place, in your patience possess ye your souls. Our brothers and sisters, while Satan is assaulting this earth, while things are crumbling all around us, you and I, as people of excellence, can be safe You and I as people of excellence can be secure if we add patience to our faith.
0: Dr. Dan Girard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org or at live stream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.